Dam building in the heart of Ronville. This is the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Oh boy, here we go. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird. If you like that sort of thing. Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. Don't argue with me. I'm not in the mood. Yes, it is. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. Oh, come on. Come on. Give me a break. Well, it is anyway. Hey, welcome to the program. Happy Thursday to you. I can't believe it's Thursday already. It seems like yesterday was just Wednesday. Can you believe that? Anyway. Anyway. Welcome to the program. Hope you're feeling okay. I have a special guest today. Every once in a while, I'll do an interview that just knocks my socks off. And when the interview's over, I have no socks on. It's amazing how that happens. Uh, but it's it's one of those in-depth interviews that I do every once in a while. So I think you're going to enjoy it. As a matter of fact, we should get started because it is extended. You know, You know how it goes with the extended ones. Are you ready? Okay, sit back, relax. Uh, here we go. Let's say hello to our guest. Rob Doctors joins us now. He's co-authored an incredible book, Ethics and Hidden Greed, Your Defense Against Unethical Strategies and Violations of Trust. It's a long title. It's almost half the book. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's a short book. By right. But at least we know what it's about. Uh, this is fascinating. Uh, you're a partner at Abbey Road, uh, and you lead their ethics uh, practice. What does Abbey Road do? Well, we do a number of things. We started off as a pricing uh, practice, so uh-huh. we help people price better. Um, what I do today is we call ethical audits, because what it turns out is that uh, a lot of companies have people doing things that aren't really ethical and therefore are not conducive to the longer-run loyalty to that company. And I just look through it, and usually by listening carefully, I can pick up what's going wrong. The the magic word seems to be greed, and um, this is a, a difficult word. Even politically, uh, there's a lot of greed involved, but we're talking about uh, business and business marketing. But I kind of expand your, your book to uh, going further than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, greed, unfortunately, is just a manifestation of the fact that most people either don't know what ethical behavior is or cast it aside. And and by the way, the first part is surprising how many people don't really know what's ethical. (laughs) 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 Uh, When I was growing up, uh, I don't know if we're in the same age group, but uh, there was kind of a, a war on the establishment socially and that all businesses were dirty, greedy, and dishonest, and they were going after truth and love and all that stuff. Well, that dissipated quickly. Uh, but the, the greed part seems to be coming back where uh, we hadn't really dealt with that socially for quite some time, in, in my estimation. Well, it, it's funny you should mention that because there's one of the chapters in the book, as you may have seen, is called Generational Greed. Mm-hmm. And it's the proposition 
that different generations, the boomers, the millennials, etc., um, in a way behave unethically and in a greedy way towards adjoining generations. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, a lot of the millennials believe that they were shortchanged by our generation, and you know they that has manifestations in terms of the environment, in terms of the economy, et cetera, et cetera. But interestingly enough, there's also ways in which uh, they're right. Um, so, for instance, part of that chapter is that in economics, it's well known that over over time, you grow more productive as you stay on a job. Mm-hmm. So when you're first hired, you're not that productive, but you're still being paid something. So you're actually getting paid more than you're worth. Right which is why it's actually hard to find a job initially. I guess. But over time, actually the inverse happens, that uh, you uh, suddenly, your, your, your wages go up over time, and your productivity doesn't change that much, so you, you, know, you are now earning more than you should. What's interesting about this generationally is that there's a basically a claim, and you see it in interviews and newspapers and such, that younger generations actually enter the workforce more productive than mm-hmm. we do, because and by we I mean I'm I'm over sixty, right. um, so I haven't entered the war- workforce I, for a while. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> they <laughs> they enter the workforce with a much more capable regarding information technology. Uh-huh. In fact, as they look around, they see themselves as more capable than older people. Yes. So that is something that breeds resentment. Like, why am I not being paid what I'm worth? Mm. It's the result good. is behavior that looks greedy. Huh. Is, is greed also a, a, a taste of greed? In other words, it's a drug. Like, once you, once you get something, you want more of it at any cost because you were able to do it before. Now I can build on that. It's almost like like robbing a bank, like starting in a shoplifting, robbing a bank. Is this, does it work like that? Absolutely. The, uh, there's a lot, there's, the psychologists have been looking at greed for a while, and they noticed that it's money ways like a habit, mm-hmm. and a hard-to-break habit. Um, also, uh, it's part of the broader sort of gestalt or, 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 or ecosystem of being greedy. So, for instance, uh, being given power, being having some money, mm-hmm. leads you to now expect more money. And there's a really interesting study somebody did, which was they had two groups of people, one who were wealthy people, one who were less wealthy people, uh, wait in a room to be interviewed. And the real point of the whole thing was that there was a jar full of candy uh-huh. in the room. And... <laughs> What they said was, by the way, this candy's for some children who will be coming through later uh, for something else. Only take one. Well, it turns out all the people who identified as less wealthy only took one, if any. Hmm. The wealthy people helped themselves to multiple candies, Uh, which I would call greedy. Interesting. Interesting. It's almost a political kind of statement, but not really, but maybe so. You could probably throw it into that area but anyway let's not do that um 
Yeah. Um, so greed kind of equals uh, to each his, his own. I mean, you, you get what you get, and if you don't stand up and fight, you're going to lose. Uh, similar to a family of eight at the dinner table, if you don't grab the, f- the food first, rest ain't going to get it, as opposed to sharing it with the family. Yeah, it's, it's actually an expectation. Mm. There's, there's, there's a certain narcissism to greed. Yes. Um, it's, I'm entitled, yes. therefore I get it. Entitlement, entitlement. All right. Um, what do victims of greed have in common? Um, frequently, it's lack of power, and it's a lack of doing things that would give them power. Mm-hmm. And even more commonly, it's a lack of awareness of what the greedy tend to do. Mm. So if you like, I can give you three examples, one mm-hmm. for each of those cases. Yeah. Great. The, the, the first one, uh, which is uh, a lack of power, um, was very interesting. There was an article uh, in several newspapers about how a certain uh, football team's cheerleaders got flown to, I think it was Nicaragua, and once they were there, their passports were confiscated, and uh, many of them were told to walk around topless because there were uh, supporters of the team there. Uh-huh. And apparently, according to the newspaper, the uh, the women cried and were unhappy and felt victimized, but they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that was a perfect example of where they behaved in a powerless fashion and apparently something similar happened to another team but there the ladies sued so they're now at least wealthier for the miserable experience so Uh that's an example of knowing you can do something interesting the other example uh of of, um let's at least skip to the to the one that's broadest which Mm -hmm. is you don't know when people are being greedy to you Mm -hmm. and a lot of people think intuition will help them, but it doesn't anymore. Greed has gotten more sophisticated, and things that were occasionally obvious when you know, in, in hundred years ago, are not. Example: a uh, hundred years ago, actually three hundred years ago, there was a baker in England, and he developed a system of cheating, mm-hmm. greedy one which was he you bought in those days you bought bread by the pound not by the loaf so he people would say I'd like a pound of bread and he'd say fine and he'd take some dough and he'd put it on a scale and yes a pound and then he uh-huh. would plop it on the counter well there was a little boy under the counter and there was a trap door in the counter uh-huh. so oh yes and then the trap door opens the kid reaches up grabs a handful of dough and the baker is a little wealthier not in the long run. He actually got caught, and in those days, the penalties were pretty severe, too. Uh, so they uh, <laughs> they dragged him through the streets and flogged him and hung him. Oh, that's too bad. Um, that didn't happen to Apple, which did something very similar. Uh, they There was a scandal, and it actually they got fined $30 million in court, um, that they were slowing down older iPhones. Oh, yes, and, I remember this. Yes. And their belief was that that would lead you to go out and buy a new one. Mm, interesting. Uh, 
it's greed and and scam can kind of go hand in hand i i assume because there are plenty of scams going on right now and let's talk about our sophistication in our society and how that has led to some more evil than we expected um we're we're getting into the artificial intelligence thing i i get robo calls all day i can go through a whole day and not speak to a, a live human being <laughs> and still have interactions it scares the hell out of me and i feel like i'm being accosted and, and stalked etc um and it's all because of greed i would assume yeah oddly enough if you open a dictionary and you look up greed it just says a unusual wanting or a, mm. a, a desire for too much mm. i claim some of the dictionaries really should add something else which is and a willingness to do something wrong. A uh, the, the wrong act is, is something they're willing to do to yeah. obtain some uh, material wealth. And the, the, the interesting thing about uh, artificial intelligence is that it allows you to do greed in a different way. Um, and that is, you can do many small grabs can I use that term, mm -hmm. uh, with, with artificial intelligence. And, you know, whereas they just wouldn't be worthwhile doing that um, in person. So, mm -hmm. for instance, Facebook had its uh, clientele uh, robbed because they had an AI guy or machine that figured out what those people expected. Mm -hmm. And then when they got an email that appeared to be from Facebook, it looked exactly like they would expect it from yes. Facebook. Yes. So it's, it's one of the things that AI has done is it has made crime cheaper for the criminal. Yes. And, and, and more automatic and less personal. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, you take like a telemarketer who calls me con continually. If it's a human, I, I've got to go through this thing. Well, I don't want to hang up on them. It's just a job that they took. They probably don't have much money, but the, yet they're trying to scam me or weasel me into things, telling me uh, we're returning your call. No, you never called me. I never showed interest. All that. If it's an AI thing, I can get like 20 times more of those, and I can just hang up on them. But I'm now I'm bombarded. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that Often, uh, law and other ways that you can curb these kinds of behavior lags behind the actual behavior. Mm. Always, um, always. Yes. And um, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, you've got, that's actually, believe it or not, a fairly benign example mm. of um, AI. The worst example is that um, there have been studies that have been shown that games that have warriors and monsters and stuff in mm -hmm. them, the people who play them are much more prone mm -hmm. to breaking the law later. I would assume, and, yes, because they're, vic yeah. they're vicariously taking on that, that, uh, that ethical emotion, unethical exactly. emotion. Exactly. Right. And there's no consequences whatsoever right. for the people programming that. Right. Interesting. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, have, have you personally ever been the victim of, of greed? Well, many times, actually. Um, when someone has said they would do something 
and they either did it but charged a lot more or they didn't do everything mm-hmm. they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. We did a survey of about 5,000 people, and it turned out that 92% of the respondents said that they had been a victim of greed. Uh-huh. Interestingly enough, in a follow-on question in our survey, we asked, you know, what's the nature of it? And one of the questions, one of the answers was, not sure. And the vast majority of people weren't sure how they had been taken advantage of. Interesting. And, and therefore, you know, one of the things I think that has happened is greed has gotten much more sophisticated. One of those, the book outlines just five different forms of greed. And by the way, most people don't even understand that there are five forms and that's what they need to be looking for. But some of them are very hard to spot. So, for instance, there's something called uh, uh, placing an agent. And, example, uh, what headhunters will do is they will say, okay, thank you, Mr. Company. You know, we're supposed to hire the person who's best at these attributes. But... They they not necessarily do that. They hire somewhat younger people because they've found that once they place somebody and then he, she needs to hire her team, they will go back to them and fill in the rest of them. So this is an example where the company has no way of knowing what candidates got turned down because they were a little too old, even though we were better candidates, uh, and they chose the, uh, for them, more profitable candidate. Interesting. Wow. Uh, what does the average person do to protect themselves against acts of greed? <clears throat> well, sort of two answers. One is you need to know what the forms of greed are. And you can't do this intuitively, for instance. Um, one of the other categories is capturing the language. And what's happened is the sun t- the incumbent tele- um incumbent uh, suntan lotion manufacturers uh-huh. have patented the word suntan and sunblock. Yes. So if you want to start up, you know, Ron's uh, suntan lotion company, you can't put that word on the bottle, even if you have a better suntan lotion mm. than the ones that are existing. So you need to know that that word is not essential to you looking at the suntan lotions and surprise the ones that have that word because it's been patented and protected are more expensive and the ones that don't tend to be less expensive. Ah. But if you don't know that going in, you might say, ah, copper tone, suntan lotion. Ah. Yes, that's got to be the choice. Well, I would think that. I would think if it didn't say suntan lotion, it wasn't suntan lotion. (laughs) No, and best of all, your tax dollars are helping defend the greed. Of course. As they do in a number that's, of ways, that's by the normal. way. But in this case, um, the FDA has declared five ingredients, which happen to be the five ingredients that the incumbent suntan lotion companies use mm-hmm. and have patented. And if you, if you don't have those five ingredients, they also object to the word suntan lotion. Mm-hmm. And it's their lawyers who will tap you on the shoulder saying, hey, can't use that word, Ron. Mm-hmm. Noting, by the way, in Europe, there's over 20 different ingredients that the Europeans say are effective against suntan lotion. Mm-hmm. But here, the FDA, probably by listening to certain people, has decided only five are. Hmm. Well, there goes my suntan lotion company. <laughs> That's exactly what I had in mind. All right. You so much overspent, for that. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. 
Uh, this book is fascinating. Just it, it opens your your mind up. I mean, as you were talking before, uh, you know, have you know what has been your reaction? Everybody should ask themselves when they realize that they were uh, a victim of of greed. How did they handle that? Did you just walk away and say, no, oh, whatever, or did you do something about it? Uh, very interesting because uh, we have to live in this stuff, don't we? Sadly, it's uh, greed has evolved over time. It used to be pretty simple, um, and it's grown more sophisticated. So now you have forms of greed that include stealing the language, yeah. like we mentioned with the suntan lotion, and there's yeah. other examples. One of them is hiding an agent in what they do. Um, there's a, just a whole range of these particular strategies yeah. that uh, most people don't look for. Yeah. And well, if you don't look for it, you don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that word uh, ethical and unethical, they, they really go hand in hand. So does greed and, and power and uh, 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 egotism. I mean, they, they, they kind of all kind of lump, don't they? Yes, and the power is, by the way, often manifested. That is one thing you can look for, by the way, mm. is a network. So uh, when you look at, say, and, and by the way, lust is could be argued to be a form of greed in some circumstances. Yeah. If you look at the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, mm -hmm. the truth is he had friends. He had people helping him. And that's why an individual woman would be relatively hard-pressed to defend unless she knew she was getting into that yeah. greedy, evil network. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, yeah, network's very interesting. It's I call it the, the Michael Jackson syndrome, even though Michael Jackson wasn't necessarily in a network, but he was surrounded by an entire community of people constantly that said yes to him and agreed with everything that he did and everything he wanted to do. And, mm -hmm. and you totally lose a connection with reality. And uh, that's, a, that's a festering of, of that bacteria, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I, unfortunately, I'm not sure I'd agree with the word touch with reality that is a reality it's an uh, ugly one it's okay. one we'd like to eradicate but it's, it is probably a reality yeah one i wouldn't like to have a reality now now we're dealing with uh falsehoods and and lying and and calling that the truth and uh now we're walking around well is that true or not i don't know it depends on who told you where you heard it and when you heard it. i mean it's like wow you know that's not what i remember when i was growing up it was it was true or not uh, but not the case now. I'm, people are a little confused here. Uh, all, all of this. It's you know it's it's tough because we all grew up and we were taught certain values, and in my case, I'll acknowledge one or two of them were wrong, mm -hmm. but most of them I think were right. Mm -hmm. And if you just sort of fast forward to succeeding generations, there's less and less that they're learning as values mm -hmm. because. They come, they, the world has, been in some ways, conflict-averse. So instead of being told, you will go right on red, you know, uh, only, yeah. um, now it's, well, you know, you need to avoid the general traffic and yeah. Uh, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting because the, the misrepresentation, mm -hmm. which you alluded to earlier, um, it's, it's not crystal clear always what what is a misrepresentation? Um, and uh, one of the ways that that, that happens is um, that people, instead of focusing on the dollars, every transaction is a dollar for a good or a dollar for a service, 
they now focus on playing games with the service or the good, not on the dollar. So, yeah. you know, the classic example, which I'm sure you know you've run across, is that uh, when J and J decided to make more money on their dental floss, they reduced the length of the dental floss mm, that went into sure. a you know three dollar package. Yeah. And now, now that's a standard practice. Yes, it, it is. is exactly all over the place, and 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 the word uh, trust and mistrust comes into play, uh, which I found as I got older, there was more mistrusting going on than trust when I was a child. But at the same time, uh, you you cannot uh, take somebody at their at their face value anymore. You you have to look, think, and evaluate, and that's that's also a shame. But I guess it's part of society. Yeah, although I will say this. Um, you can get a certain way when you recognize that trust comes in two forms. And, and, and it's important to know which one you're dealing with. Mm. There's one I call a narrow trust and one I call a broad trust. Mm. So what's a narrow trust? A narrow trust is that when you deal with uh, someone, there's a specific proposition you're putting forward and that other person is going to reciprocate and want something themselves. And there's some amazing examples of that. So, for instance, in World War II, in the Battle of Stalingrad, you know, <laughs> where the Germans had only one purpose and the Russians had only one purpose, which was to kill each other, um, there's a, there was an article in a um, veterans magazine about uh, a guy who was fighting the Germans, and he was on the bottom floor of the building, and the Germans still held on on the upper floors. And what would happen was, apparently, that the Germans, I don't know how this was quite arranged, he didn't say that, but the Germans would lower a bowl, and it would be full of cigarettes. And then the Russians would take the cigarettes and fill it with water, because apparently the Germans were short on water, and the Germans would raise the water. Mm -hmm. And they traded cigarettes for water for quite a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not that... You know, there was a broad trust on either side, but for this specific transaction, mm -hmm. they were willing to trust each other. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you have, say, Mother Teresa, who isn't making a specific proposition, but probably is a trustworthy person. Probably. And you need to know which you're dealing with. You know, I could talk to you uh, for a longer period of time, but then nobody would, would read the book, and we want them to read the book, <laughs> and it, it, there's a lot more to it uh, than what we've uh, scratched the surface with here. So uh, the book's available everywhere. It has been released, is that right? No, it's about oh, to be in a oh. week or two. Okay, great. So uh, Ethics and Hidden Greed, Your Defense Against Unethical Strategies and Violations of Trust, and it's Rob Doctors, and uh, you co-authored with Hans, I understand? Yes, I did. Uh, he, he, for instance, there's a chapter in there that talks about greed in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. And since he's been CEO of half a dozen companies, he should know. Uh, you know Monster, right. LexisNexis, Houghton Mifflin, uh, he, he wrote out the sort of things that mm -hmm. he sees in front of him when he's a chairman. Pretty good. Um, Great. Hopefully we'll talk again. Uh, Rob Doctors, uh, he's a co-author, Ethics and Hidden Greed, Your Defense Against Unethical Strategies and Violations of Trust. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ron. Well, thank you so much uh, for being here today, and thank you to my guest. And I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new program, at which time I hope we can spend some more time together. Maybe we'll uh, crack open a bottle of uh, fine wine. 
because this show can be paired with wine, you know. Actually, this show can be paired with any alcoholic beverage, and it seems to be a little bit better than it would be otherwise. But until uh, tomorrow when we'll gather again, I wish you peace. Peace.